Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford, and recently I've started a new podcast as part of the Self Love Club media family, co-hosted with my friend Anna. It's called Gloss. It's our home for pop culture, celebrity, and the conversations you have with your best friends. Now, one of the conversations Anna and I have been having was about a recent diagnosis we've both had this year, Like a lot of women are at the moment, we've been diagnosed with ADHD and we're navigating it together. We've also always connected over some shared experiences with our mental health. We're both anxious girlies, members of the Pam family, as a Pam family, and we've both had eating disorders. In this episode, we have a very honest conversation about it all, everything, Probably the most honest I've been on this podcast personally about a lot of things, our experiences and struggles, what it was like to get diagnosed, how we are navigating it, working everything out, medication, very personal things. Uh, But I think having these conversations is super important and hopefully us sharing, we hope anyway, will be something that you can relate with and you've experienced as well. If you're not already, please hit subscribe to the Self Love Club on your podcast app now. On this Get to Know Us episode, we wanted to chat about something that we have both recently been diagnosed with. And perhaps that's our point of difference, Anna, as a podcast duo. Uh, We've both got ADHD, don't we? We do, yeah. And I love how we're being proud of it. I don't know if proud, we're just like shameless about it. I mean, there is stigma with it Mm. in a lot of things. One of the first times I haven't been really quiet about things that I have even though I know you don't need to be if you know what I mean yeah I don't know if I am like loud and proud about it but I definitely am not being quiet about it because it's by talking about it quite openly that people are open with me about it and I've already met so many people who have had experience with it themselves or like who are married to someone or a partner that's got it or their child's got it and it's just by talking to people about it that you learn more about it and it's just constantly unfolding I mean it's very recent for both of us so I'm still learning a lot about myself yeah so we thought we'd chat about it and what we've experienced and like our stories I guess on this episode and we're not experts we're not doctors so we're not going to be able to give you all the information on ADHD we've both gone through the process of being diagnosed but essentially ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder it's a neurological disorder my doctor was the psychiatrist said that you're literally you were born with this at conception you had this and so many other people have it as well and more recently you're seeing a lot of women like us being diagnosed with it that previously when they were kids a a lot of us it was like boys that were diagnosed because girls and boys can present very differently so you think of boys hyperactive little boys when you think of this is another thing my mum asked me about it yesterday and I wasn't sure because I am 
inattentive. Am I ADD or am I ADHD? Yeah, because when I was younger and I've got family members who have it and they would talk about ADD versus ADHD, but it seems, and I'm again, I'm not an expert, but it seems like now they just call it ADHD for everybody. Mm. So I'm not sure. Yeah, there's like inattentive and hyperactive. And combined. Or combined, yeah. Yeah, you're combined, aren't you? Well, yes and no. He told me that I was lower inattentive and hyperactive so I'm a lower combination of those but the high part for me was the concept of self which is low self-worth or just thinking you're a failure which explains so much to me because I didn't think I had it because others in my family did but mine looked very different so I didn't know that was a part of ADHD so Mm -hmm. I was like oh I don't think I have it because it didn't look the same but of course it didn't look the same not everyone's the same right yeah so yeah he said I was lower in those I definitely have parts of those Lower combination and then really high in the concept of self, like just, yeah, not liking yourself very much a lot of the time. So that explained a lot and was a huge relief. That's really interesting because I asked my psychiatrist last time I saw him about what you said about the concept of self, like how that is measured. And he explained it a little bit differently to me, but I'm not a doctor. He said that like people with ADHD in general do have a much lower sense of self and like self-esteem and those things because that definitely resonates with me. Like I think... Mm. But also, like, we're both creatives and me through school, like, I'm a perfectionist and I never failed anything at school. Like, if I got less than an A minus, I would beat myself up about it for weeks. I am such a perfectionist to the point where if I'm not going to be able to do it really well, I'd rather not do it sort of thing. But I guess for me, it's definitely the task that I've noticed I have trouble with. Yeah, I was really surprised to get the diagnosis, like, a couple of months ago. Yeah, I had it was quite a shock. Not like a shock. I mean, it sounds like you've been dying of something really bad. It's just not something that was on my radar. Like I had the endo and anxiety and depression. Like I've had other things going on that when that was brought up and they went through the process of diagnosing it and the tests and things. Yeah, it was just quite surprising. But then when you look into it, it's like check, check, check it. It mm. checks so many boxes for me, especially filling out the that big questionnaire that you've got to do as a like as a child and then as an adult. Um, and Tom, he was very kind with um, like what he did because I went through and added some checks afterwards. But um, sometimes on things he checked, I was like, that's so rude. Like, that's not me driving, like gets annoyed in traffic and things like that. Like, no, I don't. That's not me. But obviously, like his perception. Yeah, because Lee, I got my boyfriend to fill out my form because I was going to get my mum to do it. But then oh, I just prefer my boyfriend would do it. And <laughs> you know what parents can be like. And he said, are you sure you're not going to get mad at me for this? And yeah, I thought, same. I thought he was pretty generous with me. I was like, I could have been far worse, I thought. So do you think he was more, because you obviously went and got diagnosed, but see, a lot of us are going to get diagnosed because we think we have it. But you, were you just not like, did you, what was the process for you? Like, how did it come about? Um, it's actually quite funny. Funny, haha, like-ish. Um, I um, have had problems since I've like 11 with eating disorders and things like that for reference I'm quite tall I'm almost 5'11 got size 11 feet I've been this height since I was 11 so like I grew up very tall very fast and like always weighed a bit more than the girls in my class and developed some really bad habits along the way which I now know is actually quite common for ADHD because it's about impulse control and I'm still not very good at impulse control but we're learning after children I just want to like get back to my, I guess, you know, your pre-baby 
body and things like that, which is stupid because it's never going to happen. I went to my doctor and I don't know, I had this idea that after my hysterectomy, a big <laughs> a big thing inside me was gone. So I might weigh a little bit less. <laughs> so messed up in my head. And I just felt like I, I just wasn't in a very good place. I said, I want you to put me on something. I'd like to lose a bit of weight. And she was like, um, I'm going to send you to an endocrinologist. And he sent, I went and saw him. I told him the same thing. And he's like, I'm sending you to a psychiatrist. <laughs> oh. he's, he's like, your BMI, like you're on the low range of normal. I can't put you on anything. You need to go see a psychiatrist. So then I went to see him and he was like ADHD. But in the meantime, over lockdown, we were really lucky because I had a hysterectomy and the day after we went into lockdown. So all the hospitals were clearing out. Tom had to work a lot from home. We have a nanny who ended up moving in with us. She became like a little sister. She was just doing it like purely because she wanted to look after us. She was just became such a huge part of the family. She's got endo, a lot of like the same things as me. She's recently been diagnosed ADHD. So from like living with me during lockdown and her and Tom would like have a drink at the end of the day when the boys were in bed, they like obviously were talking and Jiv had recognised a lot of passions in me. And so when it was brought up, Jiv's like, I, I really do. And it had already been up from my GP so it was kind of like the seed was planted but when it was confirmed I was like I was kind of just going along with it to shut them up like not really thinking that I was. So you have seen you haven't seen resistant to this do you just think you were just like okay cool I'll go along with this did you feel resistance to it did you feel like no I don't have that or did you just accept it? When Tom first brought it up I was a little bit defensive like no I'm not like I'm not ADHD what are you talking about? I'm all for like learning about myself and if there's something yeah I don't know I just think Since turning 30, I have made a point to myself. My body has been through a lot. I want to be kind to myself. I spent all my 20s like restricting things and exercising too much and not being very nice to myself. And I just kind of want to be nicer and learn to really appreciate my body and be kinder to my mind. Yeah, I'm open to anything that's going to make me a better person, like a better wife, a better mum, happier. Because I was struggling a lot after having Jagger especially I I thought it was just the lockdowns because he was a lockdown baby I was just really struggling like I was not doing very well I had postnatal depression both times I actually had prenatal depression with Jagger yes I went on an antidepressant when I was in my probably third trimester with him and that did help a bit but since having him I just I just felt like there was something wrong with me everyday life felt really overwhelming tasks like especially the house being a mess not having able to do everything perfectly like you can't have every room in the house tidy at the same time you can't have I just really struggle with that and I just would feel so overwhelmed by just simple tasks really so I think by the time I got that diagnosis I was ready it was a relief Mm. like something's I'm not crazy yeah no it is a relief isn't it when you get a diagnosis for something it kind of helps you like compartmentalize or put something like oh there's a reason that I feel that way I'm not crazy yeah it is a relief because there's a lot of things that I think a lot of us have lived if you've got ADHD or whatever you know you may have you sort of live your life thinking there's something wrong with you which is I think I've definitely felt like throughout my life you know I just thought that was just I was just hard on myself I just thought, you know, like the perfectionist, like you, like so hard on myself, beat myself up so badly in my mind. And, and I had an eating disorder as well. So it's very common yeah, um, among people with eating disorders. That's uh, with crazy. With ADHD to have, yeah. Like no, same. When you actually do a bit of research about it and it makes so much sense and you just think 
I'm happy to know now if I'd known earlier would it make a difference but I mean you, you can't wonder anything like that like yeah. we're lucky to know now but yeah that inner critic is such a bitch it would have yeah definitely I know what you mean about you can't go back and change anything like we've got to live in the now and things but I know my 20s would have been a lot better if I had been diagnosed and actually I had the opportunity they tried to diagnose me when I was younger but I was very resistant to it Really, but I was very um I was quite unwell at the time my eating disorder was the worst I think I was like 19 or 20 I was not good mentally like really bad anxiety it probably was ADHD to be probably, fair yeah. and then I had I was diagnosed with anxiety I was very depressed I often didn't want to be alive like yeah. a lot of the time like I just felt so crap and um, so I was at a very low point and mum was very pushy with it because my family are full of ADHD and so I didn't I felt like she thought everyone had it and I was like oh like I mean kind of to be honest a lot of people have traits of it I just found it hard to know if that's actually ADHD or if it's human habits or you know behaviors because all of these things seem to be like normal human things and again like mine didn't look like my family's mm. but yeah I, I just think it's kind of explains a few things to you and yeah I think you've got to be open to it it doesn't really matter who tells you what how qualified they are if you're not willing to be open to it and take their advice and do the work mm. it's not going to change anything really yeah so at that time I didn't really do it properly like I got diagnosed they gave me some medication to try but I took it. I was also taking like a citalopram, like an anti-anxiety at the same time. And I was like, I was the same. I was restricting. I was purging. I was like vomiting everything I ate. And so I obviously medication's not really going to work when you're yeah. doing that to yourself all the time. Your biochemistry will be all over the show and didn't continue it. And then over the years have needed to take like yourself, like medications. Lorazepam has been a good friend to me Love over the, the years. Pam, the Pam, Pam. Yeah. And it's interesting I actually went to my doctor last week to get a repeat script of some things and I won't do it just at the moment, but I want to look at taking down my citalopram dosage because I have found since I've been treated for ADHD and taking medication, I am experiencing less anxiety. But in saying that, I've been going through quite a stressful patch Mm. with like work and life changes that they said, let's just wait till you're through that and then I'll look to bring it down because... I had come off medication in the past, but no wonder we weren't being medicated correctly. Yeah, makes such a difference, right? Yeah. Um, I have heard through talking to people quite often that got diagnosed with anxiety, depression, those sorts of things, that later on when they got on the right medication they found out they had ADHD, a lot of the anxiety and the depression, they didn't really need that medication and those things sort of subsided. When I was diagnosed, I did have a lot going on as well like I had a bit of a bout of depression again and um, he said it doesn't really matter what medication I put you on like the ADHD medication need to get your the mood stabilized and you feeling good because it's not going to make a difference if you're feeling so low I actually asked him it was quite interesting because I was like you know why why am I depressed like you know look at my life there's no reason for me to be depressed when you look at what's going on around the world like there's nothing wrong with my life and it's something that maybe Tom he doesn't have you know some he's very practical he doesn't have the anxiety or the depression so sometimes it can be a bit hard for him to understand and I've experienced that quite a lot in the past like you know what do you have to be depressed about but he explained it quite well to me he said like it's got nothing to do with what's going on in your current life it's your brain is pre-wired to go back to like when you, you you see a threat you see trouble coming your brain just shuts down and it goes back to the first time that you experienced like a trauma in your childhood or however you reacted then, your brain 
is wired to like shut down when it perceives a threat. So it's got nothing to do with the situation around you. That's just how your body copes with a hard time. So until you learn new coping mechanisms, and I've been a big bit resistance, I guess, to like cognitive behavioral therapy because I did a lot of it when I was a teenager and I didn't really find that it worked very well, but I think I was quite resistant to that. So like I'll go and see someone and I'm my own worst enemy. Like I know what they're going to say. I know what I should do. It's all the boring stuff, right? Like you eat well, you sleep, you exercise, all the, the boring stuff. It works. Yeah. It like really works and it's boring, but it, it's really good. So I think I will start that up again. You do go through like waves, so don't you think? Like where you're really good and then it can't all be balanced at the same time. Like yeah. It does, you do go through waves. It's just learning to deal with the low points, I guess, like a bit better. And that's just what we're always we're learning. Yeah, totally. And we'll talk through about our diagnosis process for us both soon. But one thing I wanted to say on that is, I've definitely noticed since being diagnosed and then witnessing with myself now and then in the past, I don't know about you, but I'd go through these patches, bad patches, overwhelm, and it was like a pattern for me. As you get older, it might get less frequent, but when there were certain stresses or things that would happen, I'd get so overwhelmed and really upset, and it might seem like I was more upset than most people would be in those situations and that's a part of ADHD the rejection sensitivity I just thought I was a super emotional person and that's okay like even though we're raised in a world that it's like you know oh don't be too emotional like don't cry don't have feelings but I feel like now it's being welcomed and normalized to have emotions it's not it's okay and especially like we're trying to teach men that as well like you can have emotions but I definitely look back and even the last, like, not even that long, I go through patches of getting really overwhelmed and stressed and it's just like I go through, I I don't know what the word is for it, but they're almost like I have these, like, episodes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm. It's interesting that you say that you get, like, super emotional and that's, like, your way of coping because I almost feel like a little bit mine might be the opposite. Like, I do get more overwhelmed and more stressed out, I think, than, like, quote, like, the normal, what's normal, but a normal person would do with just, like, everyday life sometimes. But it's never really just because of that thing. It's a, a situation of events that have, that have happened that's made me feel that way. I think I shut down a little bit, like, emotionally. I'm not a super emotional person. I don't cry a lot. Like, my friends in high school used to be a joke that I was the ice queen. Like, I was just, that was kind of, and I would wear that like a badge of honor. I think I kind of got, You still do a bit. I still, yeah. You're like, I oh, think, I've got no soul. Like, no I know. Heart, it's no just, soul, which you definitely do. I do. Yeah. Motherhood has softened me definitely a little bit. Like, I remember watching um, 16 and Pregnant reruns when um, Tom was doing an open home on Sunday and I had Freddie. I was trying to, like, breastfeed him and he was a very colicky, re- very refluxy baby. It was not a great time. And I think it was the episode where Caitlin put the baby up for adoption. And I was just crying. I was like, oh, this is, I was falling apart. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, yeah, I was postpartum. I had all the hormones and things like that. But motherhood has definitely softened me a little bit, but I still um, can be a bit detached. And I think that's just sometimes my way with coping with things. I will just kind of go into like an outer body kind of, Mm. I feel like I'm floating quite a bit, which is quite strange. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. You sort of feel like you're away from everyone else. And I don't even, like while I might communicate it to some people, it can be, and I think anyone who's experienced mental health or issues or dark times, hard times, you sort of do feel like you're trapped in a different world to everyone else and you can't really explain it. That's something I think can be hard. You just feel isolated. Yeah. And no one understands. But people do understand and want to get it. But you just sort of feel like 
your experience is no one gets it at that time you know you feel like no one can understand and you just feel like I just often feel like I'm in a different you just feel like you're in a different space to people and I think that is why I have been quite open about it and I've been quite vocal and I'm not shy about talking about it because there were some really dark times when I did feel so isolated and I think a lot of people can resonate with that at the moment with all the lockdowns and feeling alone and just so isolated from family and friends, whether it's like on a different side of the world or you just can't get to them. And especially mums, like new mums, any mums, it is it can be so isolating when you're stuck at home and your kids have sniffles or you're too like you've got anxiety about taking them out because you don't want them to get the germs or all your friends are at work and maybe you're at different life stages or your partners at like it's just you're up all night and while someone's asleep, like no one's awake. It's just so isolating. Lack of sleep really is a form of torture. Like, Oh my God, I know. And that's something I experience at times. And it, I mean, it affects all of us, right? When you're not getting enough sleep or you're, I almost get sometimes when I'm in that state too stimulated to sleep. Honestly, I could take a sleeping pill when I'm like that and it just doesn't even work. Same. It just makes me a little bit loopy. And like we've talked about before, we get a bit manic. And that's why in the past I, people would think maybe I had, and they'd look at it, but they're like, no, you don't have bipolar. But, I, you know, because I'd have yeah. these highs and lows. But apparently it's another thing I got told by my mom, who's actually written a book about ADHD. Really? She, yeah, she's a teacher and she, um, somewhere on that on that bookshelf over there, it's called A Small, small Blue Thing, if you want to look it up, about a little child's experiences. Oh, and yeah. she told that. me that a lot of the time, especially for adults, they might think someone has bipolar, but they actually have ADHD. So they can get kind of blurred a little bit. Like some people might even get put on medication for bipolar and they've got ADHD. That's interesting because at times I definitely have felt quite manic, especially when the boys have been quite little. Or I think there's definitely some days at, I think I've said this to you before, at like daycare drop-off or even the coffee shop where people must just think I'm like on something because I'm just, I talk a million miles or an hour, but also like my brain moves so fast and I've got so many different tabs open and we do this all the time, like we'll start a million conversations and not finish one. And another thing that we've talked about, my husband freaking hates this, the over-talking, talking over each other. I'm getting, I'm trying to be better, I really am. I noticed that I do it with you and you do it with me. And, and when you said that's an ADHD thing, I almost felt like just happy that that was something because I'm so, he hates it so much. And it's almost like I have this fear of being left behind the conversation that a normal person, he said, well, normal, you know, like could wait a minute and then like link it back to the conversation. But Mm. I just feel like I'm going to get left behind or so if I wait 30 seconds, I'm probably going to have forgotten. No, but that's the thing. Um, I interviewed someone on the self-love club, Jenna Holmes, who has ADHD. And she said that for her, like if she doesn't get it out of her brain, it's like everything's gone. Our brains are working faster than our mouths almost. Like it's like, yeah, there's a million things. And so it's about, I guess... And whatever you decide to do, well, I know you and I are taking medication, but whatever people decide to do, that can help with with that. So, Mm -hmm. like, if you're medicated, it might help. Again, I don't know all the technical stuff. We're not professionals. No, we're not. So maybe look it up if you're interested or talk to, like, my psychiatrist explained it so well. He was incredible, and I wish I'd, like, recorded recorded it. But then, obviously, you don't really record, like, medical appointments. Yeah, I go to appointments or just anything, really, and someone will be explaining something to me, and... I absorb it but I haven't retained any of the information and then I'll go home and like my mum or Tom will ask me to explain something and I cannot get the words out like it's in my brain but I cannot explain it it happens all the time and it's so frustrating because I'm like I know what I'm talking about but Mm. I just feel like I cannot communicate communicate it. it very well 
but when I went to get diagnosed, like my GP who I've had, love her so much. I've had her since I was a toddler and she knows me better than I know myself sometimes and she has been quite good at like mothering, not mothering me, but like a bit of tough love, but almost like preempting situations before they happen and she's been really, really helpful with that. She's even said like, I didn't really pick up on this because you present so well and like I've heard this quite a lot with other things like my anxiety and my depression. I can turn up and put on a happy face and like look put together and I look like I'm paying attention when I went to do this test that you do Computer tests that it just tests your brain how you cope with a really boring task for like half an hour. My psychiatrist was like, it was very telling and intriguing because you look like you're put together and you're paying attention. But my brain, like my brain was just like outside, what's for dinner? Like I (laughs) forgot to put washing like on in the dryer, like, oh, the boys need that for daycare. I've got to do this. I cannot cope. So what was the diagnosis process like for you? Well, going to see the psychiatrist and follow up the questionnaire and then the TOVA test which is only done in a few places so it was this little room they put you in they leave you in there and you do this really boring test and then it doesn't say like you've got ADHD it just says like pretty much you're highly irregular or something like that it was the wording of it I was just like that's not very nice offensive I am like I know I'm a bit quirky let's call it quirky I'm not okay with that yeah um it was quite a drawn out process delays they've got it was really hard to find someone to see and this is with like health insurance too it's so expensive yeah I need to look at claiming mine on my health insurance that's one of the problems about getting diagnosed with ADHD it's just so not accessible and unless you're in a privileged position it's so sad seeing the statistics of people in prison and you know Mm. lower you know socioeconomic and the ADHD and how it affects people's lives like if you don't get treated ADHD can have terrible impacts on your life and where you're able to get to it's super sad in New Zealand and Australia you have to get referred by your GP or somebody to a psychiatrist and essentially the psychiatrist has to diagnose you which costs a lot of money obviously it varies on who you go to but I think I paid nearly $800 just to see the psychiatrist obviously for me yeah I paid for that myself but it's money well spent for me because I don't know when you've felt a lot of your life like there's you're a failure and there's something wrong with you like living a minute like that longer is not you know like yeah. I'm like you I've always worked on myself and I want to be the best version of myself so I see it as an investment to my health my career I just I don't know I just couldn't bear to feel like that for another year of my life like you I recognize it's very like privileged oh absolutely because there are a huge number of people that could not go and do that and it makes me really sad yeah I mean even like the other day I needed to get a new script and I didn't even talk to him it was just talking to the receptionist and then the doctor sent through a script and it was like $195 just for the script great it was just crazy like a 15 minute catch up with him is almost a couple hundred dollars Mm. it's just it adds up so much yeah and when you have um, ADHD when you're on medication like we are our scripts are $30 they're not funded every month just to get a script is $30 so once you get try to get yours through your doctor eventually because it will be a bit cheaper $30 and you can't like pre-order you have to have it at the time because obviously it can be a highly sought after medication so there's like regulation around it and every couple of years you need to get your authority number renewed which is another visit back to the psychiatrist so it is a very expensive ongoing cost it's not just the setup cost we have an authority number yeah we have an authority number for our medication to be able to access it yeah oh that's interesting and my psychiatrist also put me on a different he calls it like a mood stabilizer but it's a, it's a I guess an antidepressant but it's not funded but the benefits of this one versus the other ones are sort of outweighed it 
And so, what have you taken in the past? What guns? Um, do you I'm own? so. I'm. This That's is another okay. thing. I'm terrible at. Like I am so bad at remembering what I've been on. What's the most recent one? I, most recent one I've been on is sertraline. I went on that one because it's like a safe one in pregnancy, and that's one I was on for quite a, a while. Before then, I've been on what well, one you've been on? I might have citalopram. It's quite common. Oh no, I don't know. Well, fluoxetine's one. Yeah, I've been on that I mean, one. That's one of the most common yeah. ones. Yeah, I've not. I've only ever taken citalopram. Oh, okay. Lorazepam as like a sometimes medication. How did you feel? We've talked a little bit about how did you feel when you got diagnosed? Did you feel like we've talked about that relief? What was it like for you afterwards? And yeah, I think mainly just like relief, relief. Like there's nothing. I'm I'm not crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. I think it made a lot of sense. Like the more I by that time, because it does take such a long time. It is so drawn out that kind of by the time you've got the final answer, like I'd already done the questionnaire, so that by the time you see him, you've kind of come to terms with it yourself. Mm. And you've been doing your own, you know, like Google research. Yeah, how did you feel? I felt relieved because I had been resistant in the past because I didn't think I had it. Yeah, I actually felt quite emotional, like happy emotional, but also sad because I was like, wow, it explains so much and there's not something wrong with me Mm. because, and it was that hard on myself, low self-esteem, low self-worth at times, which has like caused me a lot of, I don't know, like stress, just stress and like bad situations in my life. Um, and I just sort of felt sad for that. But then yeah. also relieved that, oh, there's a reason that when I do something really good, really good with work or have a career high, like winning awards or getting really good ratings or something. And I just always, it was always spoiled with me feeling like I, it wasn't good enough. And I just thought, oh, it's a performer creative thing. Like we're always, nothing's ever good enough. You're always striving for the next yeah. thing. But it really ruined a lot of things for me in my career yeah. And moments of doing things. Like I remember even last year doing a photo shoot for the Self Love Club Media. Obviously in the past I've done photo shoots with, you know, your media organization. But this one I like organized style, did everything myself, obviously paid for it all through my business. And it's that's a big thing to organize. And then afterwards, I know I did a good job, but then I'm like, it just ruined it. It just was like, oh, I did shit. Like that was awful. Like I just, we all can relate to that in some way, but it's just made things not enjoyable. And that may sound really silly to say, oh, like you poor thing, these things you did really well, you know, you thought, but like it actually has caused me quite a lot of distress at times and just ruined things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I relate to that so much. Like even at uni, you get the top mark and something and it just still wouldn't feel good, not as good as it should feel. But then I can um, I can feel these things for other people. Like I'm so proud of Tom and all that he's achieved. And when he achieves something, like I am just his biggest cheerleader. And I feel like he almost doesn't feel the weight of everything he's done, like how amazing it is. So I can like give him little pep talks, but it's like, why can't I give myself pep talks? So I can, you know, talk to you and give you little pep talks. You can give me them, but we can't mm. talk to ourselves the way we deserve to and I think a lot of people can relate to that and it's probably not such an ADHD thing it might blur into other things too but it's just that inner critic always telling you it's not good enough you could have done better or just constantly beating myself up about things I could have done like 15 years ago at school and I'll be lying in bed like I've always had insomnia and really bad sleeping and that's just been forever like my mum always tells people I didn't sleep through through the night until I was 10 years old. Like, no shit. So I think she was hoping I would have way worse sleepers than I do. It's just payback. But I will be lying there trying to sleep and it'll just be like something I did in year 11 that was just so embarrassing. I still feel the shame. 
like I did then. Yeah. Just always like it's like a little memory, like a little box, like Pandora's box. And it's like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm trying to sleep now. What can we bring up? That's just going to make me feel shame and hate myself even more sometimes. I totally feel that. And like thinking people hate you or like, yeah. oh, no one likes me or like, it's so like <laughs> annoying. But yeah, all that paranoia as well. Yeah. I have to say, I'm quite proud of myself. I am getting better at like not being so worked up about whether people like me or what they think about me. I'm getting better at that too. Like a few years ago, I probably would have never put myself out and done something like this with you when you asked. Like I would have just been so afraid of what people would think and you sound stupid. And Still to come, we continue chatting about our diagnosis and experiences and talk very openly about our past eating disorders our recovery, and how we've managed to be weighed at the doctors, which may seem minor, but it's been a huge trigger for both of us to overcome. Medication, breaking stigma, and the things we're focusing on going forward as we work this all out together. We'll be right back after a quick break, which allows us to keep making the self-love club. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. For you. One of my things is like I use dark humor. I make jokes about things that probably aren't that funny, and it's just my sense of humor. You're coping mechanism. Hey, you got to do what works, I right? Know it. Well, like even you know, telling the story about how I was diagnosed when I wanted to go and get a weight loss pill, and she sent me to a psychiatrist. Like, is a funny story, right? Yeah. But that just shows like I wasn't very well at the time. Um, but it's just you're good. Take your time. I can produce it. No, like I totally just forgot my train of thought. What uh, was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's a part of ADHD too. Like things are going in and out of our brains. And one thing, the reason I was really keen to get diagnosed and get it sorted, because I was starting to find the juggle of everything really hard. We've learned to do things certain ways, right? And often that's when mums find out they have it because they're getting their kids sorted and they're like, wow, it's really hard to juggle everything. I think for me, I was a bit burnt out and working too much and that's just the reality of life sometimes. But I was finding it really hard to juggle everything when I was doing my own work my focus wasn't really good then I was going to a therapist who was like oh your dopamine's really low so naturally you're really low in dopamine that's just something so that's why you can't focus and so this medication again I can't do the thing like he did but it helps you function and since I've been on this and earlier in the year I was really settled uh, when I was still in Wellington like doing this job and other things and I honestly would look back on my weeks and I knew that it was helping my life but I've just been in a patch of stress with too much work on my plate that I'm making changes to and so that's been harder but I know before it was helping and yeah I wasn't dwelling on things as much I wasn't bringing up things from in my brain about the past so it's just sort of just it just wasn't happening for me anymore. That's so interesting that you say that because there was, I've only been on the medication for maybe six to eight weeks and up until maybe a week ago, people would ask like, oh, you know, is it making a difference? And I wasn't that sure if it was and I was thinking maybe he's wrong. I don't have ADHD. This medication's not really changing my life until maybe a week ago. I was going through my medicine drawer and this is just so me. Like I've done these sorts of things so much, but I got out the, the bottle 
And I was thinking it was kind of weird that I haven't need to get a refill for this. And I read it and I've read it heaps of times and I realized like I've been underdosing myself. I'm supposed to take double the amount of what I've been taking. So I've been taking the right amount for like a week. And I can say, yeah, it probably is going to make a big difference in my life. But there was a little while when I was thinking, this doctor's a quack. He doesn't know what he's thinking. (laughs) I don't have ADHD. I'm a fraud going around telling people that I do. But then also talking to someone and they asked which one I'm on. And I told them, they're like, oh, that one's like straight speed or something like that. And I was like, what? I don't don't feel like I'm on anything. He's like, it's because you've got ADHD. Yeah, yeah. that's a, do we incriminate ourselves here? In the past, maybe, I may have dabbled in some things, maybe, hypothetically, if I was, you know. Yeah. And they would have, they would have the opposite effect on me. One thing, I mean, this is not a, a, why you should get medication, and obviously it's a very expensive uh, lesson or way to get it. One side effect of taking this medication, though, is weight loss. Did you know that? Of taking ADHD medication, (laughs) Not that I want that to be the reason you take it, but, you know, that could be a side. I remember when I had an eating disorder and they first brought it up with me about, he was like, well, one side effect is weight loss. And they dangle it as a carrot. And dangling it to me because I was like this girl that was obsessed with like, Mm -hmm. it was very sick with my, with my eating disorder. That might be a tie in for me, but still wasn't enough. Although I, I know each to their own, I don't weigh myself. Neither. I can't, it's very triggering. Yeah. Like even the other day, the doctor had to weigh me and I honestly went about, I reckon it was like six, seven plus years of not being weighed, maybe even longer. They're like, oh, you haven't been weighed in a really long time. Like, honestly, all my notes, I've moved cities multiple times. I was like a Houdini. I just always avoided getting weighed and they just never weighed me. And my doctors now, they want to check in on you and like weigh you and stuff. So I'm just very blunt because one, I think it was maybe a year or two ago, there was an experience where they were like, okay, well, we want you to come see the nurse and get like a test and like to get you weighed, just do checkups and everything like that. And I honestly went to go cancel the appointment because for me being weighed is like, it's very triggering. Like It sounds really stupid but I do really resonate with that um I mean I used to weigh myself like every day we don't have scales now in the house but when I was pregnant with Freddie my obstetrician at every appointment you've got to go and weigh yourself and write it on a card and then do like a urine test and see if you've got any protein and things like that and you write it down on a card and give it to them and the first little while I was okay for like the first couple of months but someone had told me like an obstetrician had said this is like the normal amount to weigh and when I got even close to that, I just started freaking out and I'd find myself not eating on a p- days that I had appointments. But I had a few other things going on. I think I'd been, like, it's funny we can laugh about now, I'd been referred to maternal mental health, I think about six times by the end of this pregnancy. They must have just been like thinking I was not okay. But by the end of it, they had a note on my file, maybe halfway through saying like, doesn't need to weigh yourself. But on the day of my um, C-section, I had to weigh myself and I just didn't I didn't look don't at it. Don't look, yeah. And that's what I'd learned to do with that. And I'd sort of changed the habit for myself. I don't need to run away when I get weighed anymore. I can't weigh myself. Like I know, even though I'm a long time recovered from my eating disorder when I was like, I think I got better when I was 20. Like it was really bad for me in my teens. And But I know that I can't wait. I just can't. Like even all, the, it just shows you how powerful disordered eating or eating habit, uh, mm. disordered eating habits are, like or thoughts. I can't weigh myself. So I don't because I'll get competitive with that number. Yeah. I don't think it ever fully always, like while a lot of my stuff's gone, completely gone away and I honestly feel like a different person, that's how it sort of feels to me all the time because that girl was so sick. Yeah. It makes your brain so sick. I would think that eating like a biscuit, I was going to gain 10 kilos. 
that's how distorted your thinking gets. Yeah, no, I. It's yeah. out the gate thinking. Like it's so yeah, it's like almost like that body body dysmorphia thing, right? Totally. I think it's almost like you start to put protection in place, like to protect yourself from things that could trigger a bit of a spiral of it. Whether it's not weighing yourself, just being a bit kinder to yourself for mm. sure. Like I just know that it could be a slippery slope because I have when I do go through like as you call them episodes I do find myself slipping back into bad habits and I've always like the last few years I can stop myself before it gets out of hand but I'm just aware of how quickly it can all fall apart and I think that's just something that I have become very aware of with like mental health for me especially like I'll be fine 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 and then it just falls apart so quickly yeah and it's good that you can recognize that because I know what you mean you know we've all got things that we might start doing and it's good that you can recognize it at that point you know yeah I know like with my eating disorder like again it's been a very long time but there have been really stressful times in my life where yeah old habits were creeping in where you know I might have gone through like a long-term breakup and I was really stressed about that or really upset and I would find myself like vomiting again yeah and having little relapses and not many, but enough to recognize and go, hey, I actually need some help because you know how far lower you can get. Yeah, it's interesting. Like my um, family have been really supportive. Um, my Yeah, my younger brother, he's only like two years younger than me, but he sort of acts like this older brother. But he used to like, I swear, come into the bathroom like after I'd come and just to make sure that like nothing smelt like vomit or whatever and he, he's like a lie detector test even if I've done nothing wrong and Tom's like this too I will just incriminate myself when I've done absolutely nothing wrong I'll be like did you do this and I'll be like no but I can't lie but I get panicked and like I've done nothing wrong but I end up making myself look really guilty even a couple of weeks ago my mum brought up I took quite a while in the bathroom and my dad had brought it up with her when they got home from dinner to ask me the next day what's going on and it like sends you back to this panic like I'm a teenager like I haven't done anything wrong like I'm okay like I think other people are aware of it and they just it's good to have people I guess checking in one why I was like so resistant to go on an antidepressant again I had this really like that that abusive boyfriend who um, went through all my medications I was on and then googled them and like all the worst side effects wrote them down told me that this is why, like, very abusive, like, this is why you're, this is wrong with you, it's because of this medication, and, like, blah, 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 and, like, I remember even going around to his parents' house, and, like, there was an article about, like, antidepressants, it got me to the point where, like, I did get off it, but I cut them cold turkey, and, like, had a really hard time with it, mm. I didn't want to go back on them because of that situation, but it's, like, woman, I'm fine, there's a pill to help me, like, nothing will help your narcissistic, psychotic son. Yeah, and exactly, like, if someone's telling you that's not a doctor about stuff, I'm sorry, but what the hell do they know? People who are, like, anti-medication, it's already enough stigma, like, we don't need more stigma. You know, I know of people whose family might be, again, those views, like, oh, back in my day, like, you know, we didn't take anything, and it's like, well, I'm sorry, Karen, but a St. John Wart doesn't actually help my depression, it does nothing for me, it's great that it helps you out, But you don't have, you know, like we know now, you don't have ADHD, you don't have an anxiety disorder, so I'm going to trust a doctor that's dedicated their life, they're very experienced in these matters, not someone's mum's sister's brother who says something. Don't listen to those people, because like I said, we already have enough stigma in this country around mental health in the world. I think by having these chats, we are helping 
Yeah, no, there I've definitely noticed, especially from maybe like not very close family who like, you know, we never had any of that and like it's very small minded and not open to it just because they maybe haven't experienced it and they think that it's like this new age thing that people, young people these days have all these issues. But my dad, I've been talking to him about it a lot and like he had a lot of anxiety and those things growing up and he's always been one of the best people. Like when I was a teenager, he would say, doesn't matter what, middle of the night, tell me if you're feeling anxious, we'll go for a walk. And that's what his dad did with him because he so had nice. the same problems. But everyone just thought he was weird and like dumb and he was dyslexic. So he left school at 15 and like he's one of the most successful people I know, but he gets it. If there had been the support around it then, like you just don't know who it could have helped. I mean, he turned out really well, but so many people didn't. Mm. And yeah, we have it a lot easier. And then like our kids, they will have it easier because everyone gets a diagnosis these days. And you, I think knowledge is power and like knowing things about yourself and your kids like it's only going to help them like even last night I take Freddie to Starship and we were sitting in the waiting room and Freddie met another Freddie and he was like buzzing out that he met another Freddie and I was chatting to his dad and this kid had just started medication for ADHD and the dad's got it and like we were just chatting about that's just by being open tell him that you have it we were talking about something I don't know how it might have got he said something about ADHD or no he said his son had just started medication for ADHD I don't know whether he was like throwing in hey your son might need a diagnosis I was like oh I've just started medication too and that opens a dialogue for it but like being open and having these conversations it's so common yeah more of it yeah we need to especially for women I think break down the stigma that there's something wrong with you that you're dumb not capable because there are incredibly like you know successful people you just got to google people that have ADHD and you'll be like wow entrepreneurs CEOs people who have really like we're very good at ideas I think it's because you're constantly like having to work harder maybe it's because you weren't very good at school just trying to work harder to prove yourself and trying to, whether it's to yourself or to other people and quite often they are creative people and that's one of the things I find the hardest and I know you've said it too is doing design work you could just keep going forever and ever and ever like it's never finished you could got to be able to somehow like step back and be like it's it's good enough sort of thing sometimes I don't know how to stop and that's like something I'm trying yeah I'm trying to put boundaries on myself at the moment instead of doing like work benders like I generally would it's like no you've done that enough now because I feel like I'll hyper fixate on things and work on them for longer than I need to it's like you need to be faster but then sometimes with my ADHD brain I find it hard to work on things faster because I can't always freaking focus yeah so that's why I'm finding like medication is helping me to focus and get my stuff done and then not because if I don't if I can't focus and I just feel way worse about myself that oh, I couldn't even get that done today that's the other thing that we're talking about trying to learn like are these ADHD things or is this just me and my personality because so many of my maybe like quirks that I a little bit strange or that I struggle with and then talking to you you might have a similar thing it's just trying to differentiate my personality from ADHD I guess Mm. and like what is me and what is ADHD and then I'm just trying to rephrase it think of it as a superpower sort of thing yeah it is because it is why we are the way we are like there are so many good qualities about us (laughs) like we've turned out pretty good so without it we wouldn't be who we are now and I'm just like Freddie and we always say with Freddie what's your superpower like we say super his superpower is his memory rephrasing things like it's like my superpower I think 
Yeah, totally. And our brains do have to work harder to keep up with. And that's why I was finding I'd get really, I had chronic fatigue. I know you've had that too. Chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue. Yeah, same. And it's been an an issue for me for so many years and it just keeps happening and I'll do all the things that are meant to help it, right? And then I'll recover, but then it just happens again and again. And the exhaustion since I've been taking medication, I mean, I still get a bit tired because, like, you know, we're, we're busy and we're doing too much a lot of the time. So that's another thing. It's, like, trying to, like, slow us down a little bit and not overdo it. But I am finding that I'm getting less exhausted. Yeah, I can't stop. Like, once I start something, I cannot stop until it's finished. And I think Tom thinks I like to nap a lot. But it's just, I don't stop. Like, if I'm at home, I don't sit down. I did half days through fifth, sixth, seventh form because I had chronic fatigue and I was just I also had like endo like and would always have to nap pretty much but glandular fever all those sorts Mm, of reoccurring things but I had um portfolio like creative subjects so I could do a lot of that stuff from home but yeah I would just you'd you'd sleep and then you'd just work for ages to get it done and then fall apart and that's my thing is just trying to have the balance and be kind to myself because I will just work and work and work until I fall apart and then it's so much harder to put the pieces together and now, like, I'm an adult, I'm a mom. If I'm not well, it's such a flow-on effect. Like, who's going to look after the boys? I think that's been the biggest thing for me is just learning that I need to look after myself because if I'm not well, then my family's not well. It's probably taken me, like, till the second kid to work out that it's okay to take time to do something for yourself, like whether it is going to a reformer or just something that makes you feel good. You time, yeah, yeah. self-care. And I feel guilty. Like, I don't know if it's a mum thing, a woman thing. It's just I feel huge guilt for doing that like even last night because the boys were home yesterday I couldn't go to reformer so when Tom got home from work I did a class and I just felt huge guilt for leaving him for doing that for like an hour and the things I had like before I even went out the boys were like showered in their pajamas dinner was made everything was ready so that I could go and do this and just not feel like a terrible mum wife whatever yeah it's okay to do those things totally no I'm all about that and you know the self-love club we're all about self-love self-love self-care it's so important and that totally I think at the moment what would be really good for us to focus on both of us in our lives is learning and it's like a journey we're on together with the ADHD thing that like you know hey two quirky girls on a podcast how many podcasts (laughs) we have two girls have both been diagnosed with ADHD it's wild to me I love it it's our point of difference but I think it is learning to slow down a little bit and which is hard but also you know not working ourselves to the core because then we do fall apart and we're no good to ourselves we're no good to anybody like recently overworking to the point of vomiting from exhaustion and like getting sick I'm not someone that gets sick very often touch wood but that's not a vibe it's not happening and we need to we need to work on that that's something for us at the moment spirals are not fun nah (laughs) it's hard to unspiral yourself I think that's all we've got time for yeah that was supposed to be a mini lesson yeah Sorry, but can, it was all relevant. Yeah, we can chat about this and if you've got any questions or anything else you'd like to know about us. But thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you have found this episode helpful or interesting, we would love to hear your thoughts. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. Click follow to keep up with our content. We'll have videos from this episode rolling out as well. Leave us a five-star rating. And if you did enjoy listening, please 
please write us a kind review. That and following really so helpful on podcast apps, getting us out there and letting new people find us as well. Also, you can check out our new podcast, Gloss. Just search Gloss on your podcast app. You can do it after listening to this. Hit follow. There's already a season for you to listen to with new episodes coming soon. And you can follow at Gloss the Podcast on Instagram as well. All of our details in the show notes where you can find me on Insta. I also do vlogs, bell underscore Crawford on TikTok. We'll catch you soon. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.